Well, we're going to get into a series today, and um, I know I already greeted you before, but again, so glad to have all of you here. I'm Pastor Terry Lee, pastor here at Fusion Lexington, and um, just really excited to, to share kind of my heart for this upcoming year. So we're in a series that we're starting today called Forward Thinking, and, um, and I'll be honest with you, I, 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 I'm a little hesitant to preach a vision series ever again. We, I think we've all been victimized by 2020 and 2021. Amen? Amen. And so I did one series called, called um, oh, it was 2020 Vision. I mean, this is God playing a practical joke on every pastor. 2020 and vision, two, th- two things that come together perfectly. And I was like, man, this is perfect. We're going we're gonna to do this series. And so I was, I was bringing it and I was talking about all the things that we were going to do. And we got to do not much of them at all. And so last year, we just kind of were like, I don't know, we'll, 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 we'll talk a little bit about it. But I, I was just so burnt by 2020, I really didn't even try to talk much about vision last year. We're just like, we'll see what we can do. And, uh, and so I guess for forward thinking, instead of all of that, uh, I, I guess my, my mindset is uh, uh, Lord willing, right? Whatever we say today as best case scenario and Lord willing. Amen. Amen. And, um, and so I, here's the thing. When you talk about where you're headed, uh, here's, here's what I've started asking. And I want to stop asking where are we headed. And I want us to start asking what's most important to God. I've read all the, I've read the books. I've, I've listened to the leadership podcasts. I, I got to tell you, a lot of the things that we do here at Fusion, you're not going to find in leadership books for pastors, okay? Uh, all the church growth books that, that you read that give you the model of how you should do church to grow a church, we don't really do those. Like they say, keep worship at around 15 minutes. We don't do that. We let God do what God does, right? They say, well, you probably, probably shouldn't plant a, a church in the middle of a pandemic, we still do that, okay? Fusion Madison has, guys, I, I'm, I'm going to, hopefully I'll have Pastor Aaron here for our end of the year meeting that we're going to do at the, at the last Sunday of this month, the 26th, mark your calendars. Uh, the plan is Chipotle, so if that, maybe that'll get you here. Um, but if he could be here, that's, that's my plan. They've, they've tripled in size over there. So yeah, um, they, they just bought another building because they outgrew that building week two. And uh, yeah, and um, with no help from us, man, we haven't, we haven't, we helped initially with, with people and with finances, but man, they hit the ground running. And, uh, and so proud of what God's doing there. Um, and so we talked a little bit about that, you know, like what, what are we supposed to do, you know, and, and how do we, how do we go about what we're supposed to do? And I, I'm just done framing that question. I'm done framing the question, where are we headed? I'm, I'm more concerned with what pleases God's heart. Because I think the end goal for us, wherever it is that we want to be, we get there by being faithful and pleasing the heart of God. My heart is excellence with expectation. And so here's what I mean by that, is I want, I want to have excellence in ministry. I want the building to look top-notch when you walk in. Man, I can't wait to show you the, the mom's room that, that is almost done and, uh, and, and just the different things that are happening there for, because for, we have 
Ten babies on the way. Like some are already here, right? Yeah. My goodness. We know how people are spending their pandemic. Anyway. It, no filter. It just came out. Sorry. Uh, so anyway, um, can't wait to show you some of those things. Excellence, but also expecting God to move and understanding that he's allowed to do what he wants to do. I think if we have those two, two things together, it's going to be great. But, but so we're not going to ask, where are we headed? Let's start asking what's important to God. And, uh, and so um, this is where we kind of talk about like our, our mission. So I don't know if you've seen these words. We try to plaster them on everything, but our heart is connect, grow, serve. Connect, grow, serve. That fusion exists to create a place where everyone can connect with God and man so that they can grow in their relationship with God and God can use them to serve in their church and in their community. That's why we do what we do. I think that's a good vision, don't you? Everything that we do falls into that. Any event we do is either a connect event, a grow event, or a serve event. If it's not one of those things, I'm probably not going to do it anymore. This is where our heart is. And, and so there are two parts to connect, and that's what we're going to talk about. So this month, we're going to talk about connect, grow, serve. Four-week series. And, um, and then when we're done, that, done with that series, we're going to start a series called Comfort Food, and we're going to talk about scriptures that bring comfort and healing. So, but there's two parts to connect. There's connection with God. There's connection with man. That's why the symbol of the cross is so important, right? You have your vertical relationship. That's your relationship with God. That is absolutely huge. But you also have the horizontal part of the cross. That's your relationship with man, your, your peers, the people beside you. For a cross to happen, you need both of those things. If you have just the vertical, if you have just a relationship with God, then, and you don't have anybody, a relationship with anybody else, you're not moving his kingdom anywhere. Does that make sense? If you have just the relationship with the people in your life, but you have no relationship with God, then you have nothing that that hangs on because everything is founded on your relationship with God, right? So today we're going to talk about the vertical part. Next week we'll talk about the horizontal part, but today we're going to talk about the vertical part. Some of these things will not be new to you. Some of these things will challenge you. But why is being connected to God so important? It's a good question, right? Let's talk about it. Number one, it's important. God sustains us. God and his word sustains us. Amen? Amen. And you may be wondering, what does sustain mean? I'm glad you asked. I got a definition for you. Sustain, to support and or strengthen physically and mentally. That was in the dictionary. I'm throwing spiritually in there as well. God supports and strengthens us physically, mentally, and spiritually. That's what he does. There's a moment in scripture, Jesus has been, has been fasting 40 days. This is before he really does any one miracle. This is before he develops his team. Jesus has been fasting, and now he's been driven in to the wilderness to be tempted by, by the evil one. Let me ask you something. Can you imagine fasting 40 days? Look, I've met some of you. Y'all get hangry if you don't eat in time after service. Chad Salee mostly. Everybody who knows Chad, man, that dude is easygoing. He is kind. He is, he is, he's got hands that could, he could, he could, he could do damage with those catcher's mitts he calls hands. But he is one of the kindest people I know. But 
I saw a side of Chad at Pizza Hut when they were waiting for three and a half hours for their pizza. I ain't never seen of him before. I didn't like it. I was a little worried about my life there. And I was like, Chad, I have some pizza. I can give it to you. He's like, no, PT, I'm waiting. <laughs> okay, buddy, sure. What do you think the longest fast in the history, the, the recorded fast in our recent history is? How long? You got, any, you got any ideas, Chris, how long you think it is? 45 days. James, what do you think? How long? He has no clue. What do you think, Tara? What do you think the longest fast in the history of the world is? 60 days. What if I told you the longest fast? Chris, I would think you would know this because the dude who did it was British. So here we go. 382 days. He survived on juice, water, tea, and vitamins. 382 days. His name, I would be hangry. I would be beyond hangry. I would be hangricidal. And what that means is all of the crimes you commit are driven by your hunger, right? I just made up a new word, hangricidal. Somebody write that down. I will forget it later. Okay, thank you. His name was Angus. Let's show a picture of him. And he had, he was large. He was a, oh, you got it? Picture number five. Yeah, so... This is the before and after shot of his 382-day fast. Look, I need to lose weight. But I am for certain it ain't going to be like that. In the words of Meatloaf, I will do anything for love, but I won't do that. So Jesus, 40 days. Okay, so 382, that's a lot. But 40 days, 40 days is still too much, right? 40 days is still a lot. Jesus has fasted 40 days. He's in the wilderness, and the enemy is tempting him at every turn. And finally, he takes him to this one place, and he says, look, he says, if you will just worship me, then, then I'll, I'll command these stones to, come to, bre- to, to become bread, and, and, uh, and, and I'll leave you alone. And Jesus says these words. He says, He answered, he said, it is written, man shall not live by what? Bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, someone walked up to you after 40 days of fasting and offered you food. You'd take that pretty quick, wouldn't you? I could see them offering you a saltine, and you'd be like, that was the best saltine I ever was at. That was a club cracker, wasn't it? That wasn't just a regular saltine. That's one of those buttery club crackers. You got any more of those? Right? He comes to him. He's like, you've been fasting 40 days. Command these stones to become bread. If you're really God, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus wasn't buying it. And Jesus basically was saying, look, yeah, bread sustains me physically, but it's the word of God. And it's the presence of God that sustains me spiritually. He's saying there's so much more to life then just what we put in our mouth, really what's most important is what we put in our spirit. Amen? And God sustains us. The three major ways that we can connect with him are we connect with him through word, worship, and prayer. Now, there's a whole bunch of other ways, obviously. But to me, those are the three big ones right there. Word, learning his word. When you learn God's word, you learn his character and you learn what he's called you to do and how he's called you to live. His word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 
When you are in worship, he inhabits the praises of his people. And you create an atmosphere where God is, is, is willing and able to do whatever he wants to do. Right? When you, when you pray, the first thing you do is you, it takes your eyes off of your own life and all of your own struggles and all the things you're upset about and puts it on the one who is able to do something about it. But also moves God's heart. And when God's heart moves, God's hand moves. And so word, worship, and prayer, three ways that you can connect with him. It's important to do that. Now, there's two ways that we can do it, and these are the two big things I want to talk to you about. We can connect with God corporately. And, and I want to see, so tell you what it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. He's talking about all the different people that make up the body of Christ and, and the, the, the fivefold ministry. And here's what he says, why? He says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, or by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up in all things to him who is the head Christ, from whom the what? Whole body is joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share and causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So what he's saying there is, is that God does the work, but we corporately are the body. We all look different. We all sound different. We all live different. We all have our own flavors and our own history and our own, our own life that we come from. But at the end of the day, we are a bunch of individuals coming together to make one complete body. That's what God says we do. Amen? Amen. And so in that, we together, we connect with God separately, but also together. Does that make sense? And this is why getting to the house of God is so important. There are people watching right now who I know absolutely hate missing church. And, and they're not feeling good. They're trying to be responsible. The sore throat, they're not feeling well. They don't want to spread anything if they have it. You know, that flu and all that, right? So they're, they're being careful, and we appreciate that. But they do not like missing. Because they say, you know, the problem with missing church is if you do it often enough, you no longer miss it, right? And, and, and so I can guarantee the people that are watching you know, there are some people that watch because it's easier. There are some people who are missing all of it, and they just need to get back to the house of God. But I would venture to say that the ones who really want to be in this house and aren't here today are thinking to themselves, I love the ability to tune in right now. Everybody say, hi, guys. Hi, camera. Yeah, okay. So we miss you guys. I'm sure they're like, I love the ability to tune in, but it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah, it's the same songs, and it's the same word, but the atmosphere is different. There's just something about being surrounded by other people who are hungry for the presence of God. And there's just something about walking into this place hurting, knowing that there's someone who's going to wrap their arms around you and say, hey, it's going to be okay, right? There's something about being a part of a body that when you go through a moment and you need somebody, people are bringing you food and, 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 and calling to check in on you. That's what this is all about, right? You can attest to that. You, you, <laughs> she had double carpal tunnel surgery, same time, both hands. 
I don't, did you lose a bet or something like that? That sounded like a dare to me. Like what? And like, I thought she was just super spiritual, man. I walk in, she had her hands in the air. She looked like a doctor. She like, dang it, Johnson, get my gloves on. I got to save this guy. Anyway, she, so she, <laughs> and I was like, man, you really going after God? She's like, no, if I put my hands below my waist, they throb. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but on, during that time, Dan's still working. You're supposed, what are you supposed to do? The body of Christ brought food, some of which were smoked ribs by that brother right there. And I could tell you he can bring it. That dude can bring it, right? You don't get that by watching. You don't get somebody coming and putting their hand on your back and praying for you in the hardest moments of your life by watching. You got to be in the house of God. You got you to gotta be in the house of God. You think about the moment where the Holy Spirit made his appearance. And they were all in one place in the upper room in one accord. They were all the same heart in the same place. And God broke loose. Do you understand? We're all products of that moment. It was that moment that spread the gospel. They were filled with the Holy Spirit in that upper room and they ran out of the house and the gospel spread like wildfire. You are here because of that moment. And here's the amazing thing. Is it still available to us today to be in one place and one accord and God can move in your life? That's what we want, right? That's why you're here. I know you didn't come here to hear me teach and Chad and Casey sing. You came here to encounter God. And this, this is a good representation of what it looks like, right? Sunday morning looks a lot like this. This is a meal prepared for you, right? It is a nice meal of roasted chicken, roasted potatoes, and a bunch of green stuff. What are those? Veggies. Oh, vegetables. Okay. That's what those are. Okay. That's, no, I'm just kidding. I've had a vegetable once. But this is what Sunday morning is like to you. This is what it is. It's a little bit different than it, it, Sunday mornings are, let's, let's put it in food perspective. Sunday mornings is just another meal time for you spiritually, right? It really is. It's just another meal time. But it's a little more special. It's prepared for you, right? Worship is here, and we play, and we sing, and, and, and your friends are here, and your church family's here. And then, and then you get somebody that, that shares revelation of the word to you and with you and and you get to serve and you get to be a part of it 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 is one of our but it's kind of special right right and that's what this is this is this is this is what sun this is a representation of what sunday morning is and it's available to us nourishing us day in and sunday sunday after sunday after sunday and there are so many people that don't take advantage of that that is fully cooked i didn't like do it with a blowtorch. That's fully cooked. I'm giving it to Chad afterwards. I already promised. He, pro- he probably started eating it during worship when Casey was singing his part. That was the plan. So we connect with God corporately, and that's what it looks like. But then we also connect with God personally. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is talking about who, people who do things to be noticed, right? Talking about people who pray in the streets to be noticed. They want everybody to know that they're, that they're strong in prayer. I, in my mind, it kind of sounds like this. Go ahead and play it. Okay. Oh, dear God, 
Thank you. You are such a good god to us, a, a kind and gentle and accommodating god. And we thank you, O oh sweet, sweet lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly lain at our table this day and each day by day day by day by day oh dear lord three things we pray to love thee more dearly to see thee more clearly to follow thee more nearly day by day by day amen amen so i don't know i don't know if if in your head when you read that scripture about people who pray in the open squares to be seen by others that's what i see i don't know if you visualize a bible like that but that's that's what i see in my head when when that happens that's what i see we connect with god personally and in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is talking about those people who, 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 who pray out in public to be seen by others. But then he says this, but you, in verse 6, but you, who's he talking to? Right, good, good job. All right. But you, that's what he meant by you, not them. You. But you, when you pray, notice it doesn't say if you pray. Okay, he's saying when, like it, it shouldn't be an if, it should be a when, it should be a certainty that the people of God are going to pray. Amen? Amen? When you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Now, understand what he's saying here is there's such a personal aspect to your relationship with God. Yes, there's the corporate, and the corporate's important, and we have all kinds of opportunity for the corporate. Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, uh, Friday night prayer, uh, March of Prayer's coming up, guess, guess when? The, soon, soon, right, okay? March of Prayer, right? All these things, uh, life groups, all these things are available corporately, but God also says, okay, those things are great, and they have their place, and we need those things, but also... There's, there's the personal, and God says, I want you to go into your personal place, and I want you to shut the door behind you, and I want you to cry out to me, and I want you to connect with me, just the two of us, just the two of us, right? Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. <laughs> just the two of us, you and I, no, I'm just kidding, I'm sorry. He's saying there's a part of your relationship with God that is just you and him, and it's the biggest part. This is important, and we need this. It's, it's, it's important, and we want this, but there is a part of your life that needs to be you shut the door and you do business with your heavenly Father, just the two of you. We can meet with God corporately, and we should do that, but we also connect with God personally, privately, just the two of us. This is the bulk of our relationship. It looks more like this side, right? Over there, it's prepared for you, right? Tasty as it is, it's prepared for you. That's weekly. Here is a table 
full of enough food to feed somebody for about a week-ish, depending on who that person is. There's meat. There's, like, there's, 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 there's chicken. There's a roasted turkey. There's all kinds of nice snacks. There's, this person has a gluten allergy, so there's gluten-free bread there. You know, all that stuff. Juice, milk. Got everything you need, right? Cereal. That's how Wes Jones pronounces cereal. He doesn't say cereal. He says cereal. I don't know why. I've always wondered. I don't know. Is that your whole family pronounced it like that, Walter, or is it just Wesley? Yeah, we'll figure it out later. Okay. But the thing about this is, it's a daily thing, but you also have to prepare it yourself. Right? What I mean by that is, is that this chicken isn't going to cook itself. You've got to season it. You've got to marinate it. You've got to throw that bad boy on the grill and hope to God that you don't have to drop your son off while you're grilling it and then leave and come back and it's a scorched mess, which is what happened to me this weekend. It was not a good day to be Terry Garrett that day. Those things turned out to be hockey pucks. Anyway, but you have to prepare it. You have to make it yourself. If you want the sandwich, you've got to get the bread and you've got to get the cheese and you've got to get the meat and you've got to get the condiments. You have to put it together. It's available, but you have to do the work to feast, right? This is already made for you and it's great, but this is here and it sustains you throughout the whole week long, but you have to put in the effort to do it, right? Do you see the difference? This is your personal walk with God. The opportunities for corporate are here and it's prepared for you, but daily, this is weekly, that's daily. Daily, we have to prepare it for ourselves, amen? God always gives more than enough. And when it comes to us spiritually, he's always there. When we ask, he's always there. There are opportunities for corporate, but then there are opportunities for us to connect with God, limitless opportunities, because every moment presents an opportunity to connect with God on a personal level. Every moment. You're going through a really, really great time, you praise God. We sing about gratitude. You're going through a really, really hard time, then you chase God. You cry out to him. You tell him what's going on. He hears you. Every day, every moment presents an opportunity to have a personal connection with God. Make sense? The problem is we often pass on the daily sustenance to go only after the weekly sustenance. Here's what I mean. This is, this is daily. That's weekly. This is personal. That's corporate. You have to put in the work here, but that's prepared for you, right? And every day presents an opportunity, and yet we walk by and we say, you know what? I don't really have time to pray, so I'm just going to pass right now. Or you walk by and you say, well, you know what? I don't really like reading my Bible, so I'm not going to do that today. Here was the opportunity. I just decided I wasn't going to do it. And I walked past this table day in and day out, over and over and over again. The option is there. The possibility is there. I just have to put in the effort to receive the sustenance. And I walk past it. And I say, no, nah, I don't have time. I don't have the energy. It's been a long day at work. I don't need to close. I can't close my door and pray. I, I, I got too much going on. 
I don't want to spend time in the Word. I hate reading. Uh, I'll just listen on Sunday when Pastor Terry preaches about it. And here's this opportunity. And we pass it by over and over and over again for personal connection with God, day in and day out. And then we limp and we, and we struggle and we starve ourselves until we get here on Sunday morning. And then we're like, thank God it's Sunday. I'm starving. Thank God there's something prepared for me. I haven't eaten all week long. And God's like, what are you talking about? It's been there the whole time. You just have to put in the effort. You're like, yeah, I know, but I'm so, I couldn't do it. Thank God that there's something here that I can, I can put in my mouth now because I'm, I'm so hungry. And we miss out on opportunities to connect with God on a personal basis and then we wonder why we're spiritually malnourished. Not one person in this room would eat this meal as its only meal one day a week. You wouldn't survive. Or the people around you wouldn't survive. But yet God says, I've prepared a table for you, even in the presence of your enemies. And all I want to do is just have a connection with you. All I want to do is just be closer to you. All I want to do is sustain you with my word and, 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 and have you in a time of prayer and have you in a time of worship. And you walk by over and over and over again until you're limping and crawling to the Sunday morning table. My friends, this is the state of the church in America. This is good, and this is important. But if this is all you're getting, you are malnourished. Look, I am going to always do my best. Worship team, go ahead and make your way up here. I'm going to always do my best to get in the Word. And trust me, I struggle with this too. I'm a husband and a father, and my kids are in sports, and, 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 all the, and, and you would think being a pastor, it's easier to come to your workplace and, and spend time reading. But, but I actually just told Sierra, I have to block out. I told her, you know what? No more appointments from 9 a.m. to noon, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, because I need that time for personal time with God and, and, and study for the Word. Right? It's hard for me, too. How much harder is it going to be for an average person? Go ahead and stand to your feet. And yeah, so it's hard. But guys, it's worth it. And as a whole, the church in America... We're feasting on Sunday mornings, but that's all we're giving ourselves. And God's saying, I've got something personal for you. And I'm going to try my best to give you the best word I possibly can on Sunday mornings. I'm going to do my best to preach my guts out, to teach you the best I possibly can. I'm going to do my best to, to, to give you a good word. And these guys are always going to do their best to lead you to the throne room every Sunday morning. But even if I kill it every Sunday morning, and even if they sing the perfect song in the perfect key every Sunday, it's still not enough. You have to do something on your own. 
This is a supplement to this. And more than that, Sunday mornings, yes, they're prepared for you, but more than just a, a Sunday morning prepared, Sunday morning is a cookbook that's supposed to teach you how to use what God has already given you. That's all we are. No substitute for what you can have there. Sunday morning is a meal prepared for you and you should enjoy every minute. But then it's also an opportunity to come here and hear what the Word of God says and learn how to apply it to the everyday life and the things that God is already trying to do in your life. That's all a Sunday morning is. You should be here. You want to be here. Don't miss out. But that's the most important part of it. Friends, I want to challenge you. If you're here and your heart is, I don't really have time to pray and I don't have time to go after God and I don't really want to read his word because I don't really like to read. You need to get over it. I'll say it like this. We need to get over it. Because the church is spiritually malnourished. But the table's full. We're walking past it to get to Sunday when God has so much more for us than just Sunday. Amen? Amen. Connecting with God is important. He sustains us. It's more than food. It is that which sustains our soul in the middle of the hardest times of our lives. We have peace and we we have hope because we have him. He sustains us. He sustains us privately through a time that he prepares for us and we've just got to put the effort in. He sustains us corporately because we are a body knit together. It's all important and we need to go after all of it. So now we've got a few more minutes and uh, here in a minute, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna let you guys go. But can we as a body corporately take some time just to worship and spend some time in his presence? The altar is open. If you need prayer, we have prayer partners here. We have elders here who will pray for you. We have staff people here that will pray for you. Sure, absolutely. But can't we as a body just get out of our seat for a little bit and come and just express our gratitude to God in a corporate manner? A bunch of individuals coming together as one body to say to him, we are grateful for your mercy and your grace and your love. And more than just weekly do we want that. We want it daily. We want it hour by hour, more of you. Amen? So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to come down. I'm going to spend some time worshiping. I want to invite you to do the same thing because you deserve to chase after God for yourself. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I would love to talk to you about that. I would love to just, to just kind of help you try and figure out who is this God, what does he have for you, and who's he calling you to be. I would love to pray with you through that. I'll be right here. The altars are open. If you want to go, then you can go. But if you want to chase after God for a little bit corporately, the altar's open. Let's not skip past the daily opportunities limping to the, win, to, the, to the weekly ones. Daily, let's go after him ourselves. Amen? Father God, we thank you for your presence in this room. And Lord, we just ask you to pour your Holy Spirit out in a mighty way. And God, for each and every one of us, I pray that we would hunger and thirst for more of you. And your word says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And your word says that you nourish us, both 
Personally and corporately, you nourish us. And so we just ask you for more of you and less of us, God. Be glorified in us right now, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Altars are open. Let's worship God.